Matt, welcome to the show, brother. Super excited to have you on. Excited to get to learn a little bit more about you. I know you're over in sunny LA and it's a little early for you, so you still got some energy for us, I hope. But just to begin with, who are you? What do you do? And where are you from? Yeah, so I'm Matt Tabara. I'm originally from outside of Boston, but I, I've been in LA now for, I don't even know, eight, nine years, longer than that. What do I do? That's always a million dollar question. You know, I grew up in the, I grew up in the trades. My great grandfathers came here from Italy, both of them. And they, they did, they were home builders, you know, masonry, concrete built homes, passed down to my grandfather, my father and my uncle. And then I started working when I was nine, picking up trash on job sites. And by like 14, 15, I was running crews, laying brick block, finishing concrete, you name it. And it's been, it's been a ride ever since. Matt, what has been, tell us a little bit about the experience. So usually I go in and ask about, Hey, you know, how'd you get into the construction industry? You just told us. So tell us a little bit more about what it was like from a nine-year-old like that. I think Walker, that might be the earliest. I think Tyler Stan Kunis was the one that told us in high school, like he was stripping forms with his dad, but you've been involved since you were nine years old. What has kind of been that progression to where you're at today? So I started, uh, my dad used to come home and this was before digital stuff. So he'd take pictures, right? And he'd come home and he'd sit with my mom and he'd show like, hey, this is what I built. And I'm like seven, eight, nine years old. We got equipment in our backyard. And I'm like, this is the coolest thing ever. You know, I, I want to do this. Then I used to play in like, my dad had made a sandbox out of masonry sand, you know, mason sand, right? We would mix our mortar. And and I would like literally play. I had, I had a trowel as a shovel when I was like, I got photos when I was six, you know, like that's my dad. He's like, I will start him young, get him used to holding it. So <laughs> It started with a, a genuine love and passion for like what my dad did. He came home dirty and tired. And I was like, what is he doing all day? And then I started at nine. I wanted to work when I was younger. And my mom's like, he's too young. He can't go out there. And then I was, it was like the second day of my fourth, I think it was fourth grade summer. And I was like going crazy. You know, I'm running around the house. And my mom's like, take him, fine, take him, take him. And that, that was the start of my career. My dad took me out. We bought work boots. You know, it was like a rite of passage, you know, he, but he's like, make sure you get them sized up. You know, he's like, he's like, you better, these better not be too tight. You're going to be wearing them 16 hours a day or whatever. And I was making three bucks an hour. I started picking up trash and that was like the start. And, you know, it was, it was, my dad did something very smart. He, he started me at the very bottom. I actually think that he paid everybody on site to leave more trash because I picked up our trash. And then he was like, no, no, you're not done. Like after two days, he, I went to the electrician, the plumber, the framer, like I was picking up trash everywhere. Like I were eating food and throwing it on the ground and be like, pick this up junior. So I started there, but my dad, so very low on the totem pole, but then paid me based on experience. So we literally sat down and he's like, Hey, you're making $3 an hour now. He's like, when you learn how to operate this mixer and mix more, I'll pay you four fifty. And I was like, I'm going to cool. do this, you know, or like when you learn how to operate this saw, you'll get a 50 cent hour raise. And so everything I did was structured. So I was so motivated to learn and grow. Wow. That's really cool. So as you, as you grew in this, like, what was the time period? Did you kind of work for him every day since fourth grade all the way into high school? And you just kept on kind of growing in your skill set. I mean, can you throw yeah. up, you know, block now and like plumb a house and stuff or what? Oh yeah. Yeah. So I started, I was like, by like nine, I mean that summer after about a month and a half, I was mixing mortar. I was making cuts. I was sorting right. stones. I was all that stuff. You know, I, I started to understand layout and then, you know, I'd work, I'd work nights. I'd work, you know, I'd stock jobs. My dad used to, I don't know if I've ever told this story, but after like he used to, he would leave me at like four o'clock, five o'clock. He'd drop me off at a job. He'd go run, he'd go meet with clients and do bids. 
and he would spray paint arrows. So he'd draw like an X, like by like three pallets of brick and then like spray paint arrows and draw boxes of where he wanted me to stock all the brick. And I'd work by myself with brick tongs, you know, just stocking brick for three or four hours. But I worked with him summers. I worked with him nights, weekends. I went on all the appointments. I went to jobs Saturday, Sundays. And by like 12, 13, I was, you know, I was laying brick. I was laying block. I was laying wow. stone. You know, I was like a laborer and I used to work during my lunch break. So all the Masons, they thought I was crazy. I'd, I'd jump on the line, you know, they, I would be like, Hey, can you set the line up and leave it there, you know, for lunch? And basically they, they were happy because they got to count that as their production. They're like, sure, kid, go ahead. You know, just don't screw it up. I'm like, I won't. And I was laying slow, but I'd work and they'd laugh. And I remember the day that my dad pulled one of the Masons off the line and said, cause he was laying slow. He was tired. And my dad looked and he went, Matt, you go lay for a minute. And I was like, well, oh, cause I'm mixing the mortar. I'm like, Oh my gosh. And he puts me up on the line and I'm just laying. And then he, I remember he went to the Mason. He said, you're going to mix his mud now. The Mason was like, really? He said, yeah, because he laid 26 blocks and you laid 13 and you've been doing this 10 years and he's been doing this three. He's like, so tomorrow I'll give you another shot, but for today you're going to mix his mud. And I was like, Oh man, this is, this is like some crazy stuff, but it was just no ego. It was all about, you know, teamwork, who puts in what effort and you know, how do you move the job forward? Yeah, I like how you said your dad gave you like a, a structure, right, to progress, to give you something that you could strive for, right? And mm -hmm. I think about that for anybody coming into our industry. I think it's imperative if you don't have some type of structure to know what you're like achieving, right? To know like this is the next step in my career. This is what I need to be doing to get better at it. I love that your dad did that. So maybe if we come to our age group now, how do you think, Matt, how should people approach that conversation talking to their, maybe I'm in the field, I'm under a superintendent. Hey, Mr. Superintendent, how am I supposed to progress in my career? And how do I, how do you think you should phrase that? I think, you know, I'm just thinking back to when I was, when I was that age, I'm thinking both sides when I was that age asking that question, but also when I had people that I was managing, I mean, I think it's earned, right? Like the big thing is you gotta, you gotta, like, you gotta put in an extra, amount of I look at it like equity right like I got a deposit like I was the first guy and the last one out at like 14 15 years old and I was always the site super he'd be on lunch and he'd be reading through plans and I'd be like hey can I look at this you know hey I'll scale this out for you but like, yeah scale all the concrete out double check this and so I think it's like uh, for for young people it's it's going the extra mile and building that equity so that because we when I got into that position the first question I had I'm like who am I investing my time in I'm not going to invest in everybody. So who's most hungry? Who do I invest in? So it's both sides. If you're younger, it's like, do the things that stand out so that that person goes, Hey, I'm going to pass this on to the next. Person. And then from the perspective of like a site, super, you got to find out who your A players are, because here's the deal. And I learned this at a very young age is to keep great talent. They need runways. Like you got to have runways. And I remember my, my dad losing somebody, because he just had, he, my dad was really good about getting you from a laborer to like a foreman or a site super. But then after that, it was like, cause we were a little smaller, it started threatening like what he was doing. And so we had a really great site super who probably could have been like a field manager, like pretty much taking my dad completely out of any of the building side of it, like production or field work, whatever you call it. And he just wouldn't, he was like, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Like, we'll see. And I mean, this, he was ready to go. So we didn't have that runway and he eventually got a better offer and left us. And I, I remember learning and going, wow, like this guy could have ran the company. You know, yeah. you got to have those runways. Yeah. You got to trust, you got to be able to trust your employees to take over. Right. Cause that's, 
that is is Johnny Green. We had Johnny Green on way early. He works actually he does not work for Leighton anymore. He he switched jobs. But a great project manager. He used to say, you know, your your job, your goal is to do the job above you and to teach the person below you to do your job. So that when the time comes, now you can do that job and you get promoted and then they get promoted because you taught them how to do your job and everyone wins, right? And I think it takes a lot of time for people to learn, but if you can really nail that down. It's awesome. And, and so talk a little bit about, you explain kind of your your story growing up in, in high school and, and so what. Give us a, a, your story of going into to college or, or just out of high school in general and what your path looked like and, and kind of how you got to where you are right now. Yeah, I mean, I was running, I was running multiple crews. We were doing government, we were doing prevailing wage work at the time. So we we're doing government work. We're meeting with architects, city officials, board meetings. You know, we're doing like, I mean, it was, it was, we were, we were grew and grew quickly when I really started taking over things. And yeah, I mean, I remember being 18 and running basically. I mean, I had one job where we had like 16, 17 guys. We were doing a bunch of historical work on a main highway. It was like, I'm handling the safety meetings, the OSHA meetings, the, you know, the, we had compliance, we had submittals and, and, and the whole nine. And my dad was very, he, he created a, he, he wasn't scared to let me fail. Like he would just leave. Like I remember I was walking with an architect and we're going through and we're specifying there's a half a mile and a half of wall caps Jeez. and we need to go through and figure out which ones we're going to, my dad made it through three. He goes, I got to take a phone call, be right back. And he hands me the plans. I'm like 18 and I'm, I'm walking with the architect. And this is like the head architect historic. We ended up getting a preservation award for this job. And, you know, and, and he just leaves. And the architect's like, when do you think he's coming back? I'm like, he's not coming back. Like, it's just you and I. So, but it's like, those are the old school ways of growth. And I think now it, it can be a little bit more structured and, and safe, right? Like you can have a little bit more of a buffer, if you will. But I, I think we, there's so many people in construction that are all stars and, and really want to grow. And it's that momentum. Like, you know, my drive to want to take these jobs over started because I wanted to stop picking up trash and mixed mortar. Like you really got to have it at the ground level. If you want to see that, because then it becomes momentum and it's proof of concept. Like in my company, my construction company, I had someone go from $19 an hour to $36 an hour in a year and two months. Wow. Crazy. Right. That's but awesome. like I was, we were giving him a raise every month. Like it was crazy. It was like, he's like, I could do this. Now I could do this. So it, it, but it starts, it starts early, it starts often and it becomes a culture. And that's the thing. Like I know a lot of companies, they get either they're, they're, they're set in family ways or they're set in corporate ways and they can't break that. And it, it just, it makes it tough for really great talent to just steamroll right to the finish line. I, I think like that. Let's go for it. Now, I, I think you're hitting on something too. And it's like a lot of the times you see in these cases, right? I think you, you can look at it too over people who have done really, really well in life financially and business wise, but a lot of people are motivated by hard times. And you know, what you're describing is a hard time is picking up trash and mixing mortar and lifting 50 pound bags, 80 pound bags and putting it in, you know, right. That's, that's not fun. No one wants to do that for a long time. And so as soon as you you get to that hard time and you're like, how do I get out of this and, and level up to the next time? How do I do it again? And I think what's what's great and also what's sad, too, is that especially in today's age, right, everyone's their goal is to make everything easy. But if you make it too easy, people are just going to stay where they are because you don't have that intrinsic motivation to get out of it. You know, you look at some billionaires and a lot of them 
came from literally dirt, like absolutely nothing. And their motivation was, I don't want to be in this hardship anymore. I want to go and do something else. Right. But then you see people who might have grown up, done really well, and they just kind of stay in the same, same plane, right? They don't really go high. They don't really go low. They're comfortable. And I think that's where you really start to see a lot of people and you're like, how did they get that really successful or how did they level up that fast? Right. It's because they took that hardship and they really applied it and applied themselves. And they're like, I want to get out of this. I want to do better. And they kept on leveling up and up and up and up. And you just see them kind of succeeding as they go. Well, the, the my experience with that is like, I, I think the secret formula is take somebody, make them work harder, make them prove themselves, but then make it so fast and so easy for them to get out of it and also to grow. So like you'll start a rung or two lower at like my construction company than most people. Like I'll have a week or two week trial period, but I will give raises and growth faster than any company they've ever seen. Like if you, if you come work, you, you get a two week check-in, you get a one month check-in and you get a three month check-in. So in four months you sit down three times. Wow. I would say probably 80% of our people get raises at all three of those junctures. So, you know, they might start a dollar an hour less for the first two weeks to come in and really show that they, and then the role might be a little bit mixed. It might be, well, I'm doing a few things that are below my title, but it's like, yeah, you want to win the rapport of the team. You want to show that you're a team player, but we will accelerate you faster than any company you've ever worked at. And that's always served us really, really well. Cause it's like that golden boy or girl principle of like, you come in with all the stripes that corrupts culture. But at yeah. the same time, the old school mentality of like, you know, I'm going to put you in this and you got to serve three years before you're ever like, that doesn't work either because people are like, I got to pay my bills. I want to grow. I know how to do this. So it's, it's, that's what I found is the secret. Yeah. I think that's a, a great point. Cause I'm thinking yeah. back to where I've progressed in my career. And a lot of it has been, you know, you have to be in this amount of this amount of work and this amount of time and this role. And once you finally get to that role or once you've paid your time, right? You're allowed to then, okay, we're going to take you to the next step and then so on and so forth. And so mm -hmm. it's just like, how can we take Matthew's model, right? And apply it to all walks of life, not just because we want everybody to get a better raise, but like you want to help people grow because Walker's hitting on a good point. He's talking about hardship and learning how to get out of a hard time. I forgot the book. Walker, what was the book I was supposed to read that we talked about before? Which one? I don't know. Something about hard work. I, I watched the video on it. So yeah. I, maybe I just shouldn't mention it, but it just talked about how th there's an importance of going through something hard because a, you learn something in it, right? Oh. You learn, am I going to stand yeah. down or am I going to continue to to fight? And then also when you see someone else go through a hard time, right? You're able to emphasize, right? And so I think you made a good point, Matt, like you're right. Let's make it a trial period. Let, let's make it hard, but let's also give them a way out to see if they prove themselves they are worthy of getting a raise and to continue to step up. And it's not just a stereotypical model of you have to serve X amount of years in this role. Then finally, we think you can go up to the next level. Comfort crisis. That's the name of the book. Did you buy it, Walker? Uh, I, already, I had already read it. Okay. My father-in-law gave it to me. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, Matt, that's been on the list for about 10 podcasts now. So I need to do it. I think companies can find a balance. And I don't really know where you go, especially with being a larger company versus like a smaller company. Because right, what, what Davis is talking about is a lot of the larger companies will say, you do this for a year or two, and then you do this for a year or two, and then you do this for a year or two. And then, oh, look, you're here, you know, which 
I don't really like that model. I think you can kind of do, if you do your job really well, right, and you get rewarded whether you've been there for a month or for a year. But then I think the smaller companies do have that flexibility, Matt, like you were saying of like, hey, we noticed you. You did a great job. Here's a raise. And then, hey, we noticed you again. You keep on doing a great job. You keep on getting your raises. And I think that builds morale. And I think that's what a lot of construction nowadays, not even nowadays, just in general, right? The, there's a big problem with mental health and construction and, and everything. But but a lot of that, you know, part of that is the morale of your employees is you're out there, you're in the hot sun all day long. You're just grinding, right? You're putting up a building. It's hard work. And if you don't ever see any recognition, any reward, anyone just saying, hey, dude, you did a good job. Like, here's another dollar, right? It's going to wear on you over time. As with anything, it's hard to grind for a year or two years without ever seeing any results, right? Usually people just give up. And so I think what you're pointing at is is awesome. And I would encourage a lot of construction companies consider that, even if it's like a dollar, 50 cents, you know, a dollar, two dollars. I mean, no matter the amount, it's cool to just see your hard work start paying off over time. Yeah. And there's, there's, there's definitely like, we, we used to say the, the culture is, is huge because the work is demanding. You're in the hot sun. Like, I mean, it's, it's tough. It's not easy. No, it's not easy. And so we used to say mission and milestones. So like what, what we used to do is like anybody who was working with us, we always had a bigger mission. It was like, we always centered around like, what's the timeline? Are we going to beat it? Like we were like a sports team. You know, it was like, could we do this faster? Could we do this better? And then the milestones portion was about rewarding the milestones. Like my dad, I I witnessed this as a young kid. My dad would show up with Gatorades or ice cream or take everybody, you know, he'd do these little things or he just put everyone together and he'd be like, you know, guys are kicking butt, like seriously. And then I would be like, my dad didn't even do it. And they'd be all pumped up. They'd be like, oh man, that was awesome. You know? And I'm like, it was nothing. It took them five (laughs) minutes. So I think it's like you, you decode or you define this bigger mission, right? If you look at sports teams or you look at the military, it's like, how do they do it? They've got a mission, right? Everyone's pointed in the same direction, but Mm. then you got to have milestones. You got to have little things where you're like, okay, I'm not, Hey, you know, we had this really tough rain day. We had to temp, you know, temp, temp, uh, weatherproof the job site. Like we got it done. There was no leaks, like great job. Right. Or like, what's the, how are you doing that? Because yeah, we, we've changed a lot in construction. And, and, and I always think of like everything that I do, I look at mission and milestones and I, and I need, cool. I need my team to understand the missions. I need them to understand the milestones and we need to be rewarding and, and, and highlighting those milestones. Cause you know, if you only think of it like a marathon, right. If you only congratulate them at the very end, it's like checkpoints, right. Yeah. You know, you've got a mile. Wow. Congrats. Great mile. Right. Second mile, third mile. Like we need that. Yeah. That's good. Matt, you talked about starting, in construction, learning from your father, you know, progressing until you're 18. What was it like moving from Boston, coming to Los Angeles? Mm -hmm. Was that when you took over the company and started running it? What does that transition and that role look like? Yeah. Reinvented the business because I didn't like the cold weather. So basically brought the business out here, kind of started from the, from the ground up and really reinvented the family business. So took the roots of everything we had done there and brought it out here and just tried easier to lay block in, in warm weather. You know, it's, there's pros and cons, so, you know, it's, it's, it's hot. It's hot. You know, sometimes it, it's very dry out here too. The humidity plays mm-hmm. a, plays a, plays a role. And, and, you know, you, you definitely, so back East, we used to like, we'd say pick and dip, right. It was when basically you, you know, you go to your tub and you, you know, you, you'd basically one trial full at a time. And, and I learned the value of that. Like I used to, we, we like line sets. So we'd lay out all the mortar yeah. for tire on a brick. 
And I learned in California, you can't like, it's very difficult to do that. Like I learned that very quickly. Like everyone pick, you know, you're picking and dipping here or doing short, short runs. Cause yeah, it's, it's a different way of doing huh. it. So did you bring some of the workers with you or did you just start completely from scratch? Fresh. fresh yeah, yeah. We brought, wow. we brought fresh, yeah, yeah. yeah. We had, we had, I had, I think two people from the East coast that ended up coming out here shortly after, but yeah, mainly it was, it was, yeah, we, we really, yeah, it was, it was growth for sure. We were on both coasts. Wow. That's really cool. Yep. Oh, so you're still, they're still operating in, in, in Boston as well. Right. So you just started. Oh, I see. Okay. Gotcha. Yep. That's really cool. Same sort of business and everything, masonry and just laying brick. Yeah. They do more government and bigger stuff on the East coast. You know, I mean, we hear that the residential market, there's large projects. It's not as, it's not as similar in the East coast. Like there's, you know, it's it's nothing to do a half million dollar backyard with masonry and hardscaping out here, huh. you know, East coast, a little different. That's crazy. So go, I see the the contractor consultants in, in your background. So what is that about? Is that in addition to, to what you're doing now or, or explain that a little bit? So right around 2019, I believe it was 2019, we kind of, I was like, I was on cloud nine. I was doing, I think three celebrity homes. I had, we were doing a prevailing wage job for the veterans national cemetery in Los Angeles. I'm That's a big cool. military. Like I, I, that was a big milestone for us. We're 9,000 pieces of granite. So company is doing amazing. And it like almost all came crashing down. Right. We, my team came in and they were like, Hey, we can't, you know, we can't hire. We're struggling. I'm like, yeah, post an ad on Craigslist or like, yeah, post one on indeed. And we're selling like crazy. So I'm getting these sales reports, you know, a million dollar project, 300,000. Like it was nuts. Right. Oh. Work like we can believe. And I was thinking, wow, this is the milestone that my great grandfathers would have like, you know, they got on a boat to this country. Like this is what they would have been proud of. And it all came crashing down for me because we couldn't and weren't hiring. So they bring me into a meeting and I, they had columns, right? All the people canceling contracts, all the jobs that were going to run over. And it was to the tune of about a million bucks in the span of like three, four weeks that I was like inevitably going to lose. Wow. And I was like, wow, this is, this, this is not good. And so I became obsessed with prior to that, I was obsessed with sales. I was obsessed with growth and sales and the brand and, you know, the family on the East coast, West coast, like all this stuff that was happening. And then I became obsessed with hiring because it almost took me out. And then I realized, wow, you know, that having the ability to hire in this day and age is you have the golden ticket. And so I spent, you know, I spent probably two years, hundreds of thousands of dollars trying to figure out what worked. And I was looking at studying tech. I was studying big companies in our industry, HVAC, like all of it to try and figure out a system. And then I put it together. I did it for myself. It worked. I ended up having a backlog of candidates. Then I helped local companies I knew with it. And then I made a course because my fiance at the time was like, Hey, you're working a ton. Like you just went through the crisis. Now you're like finally good. Now you're working more again. So we made a course uh, called the contractor hiring course, got indoor, you know, worked with ZipRecruiter and Indeed as partners on that. And it did well. And then we built on the back of that, we built a service that basically handles hiring for companies because we had a lot of companies go through it. And they were like, this is great, but I don't have time to do all of these things that you need to do. So we basically help small companies hire like the big companies for, for you know, a fraction of the price.